Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are bringing you October 21st through the 27th in the year 1997. How about that? All right, diving in. October 21st, girl 15 arrested making drugs at home with internet recipe. Investigators say a 15-year-old girl they caught cooking up narcotics in her home learned the recipe on the internet. The girl admitted making methcathinone, or CAT, a stimulant similar to methamphetamine for her and her friends, Clifton said. She had already thrown away two failed batches, he said, and as far as we know, she got her information off the internet. The recipes are out there. The girl's arrested on suspicion of manufacturing a controlled substance and taken to Orange County Juvenile Hall. Do you think she ever tried to make crystals? Like crystal meth or... No, like it's a, uh, it's one of those things that floated around on 4chan for years uh, about how you can like make crystals in a bottle, but actually it's the recipe for mustard gas. Oh, fuck. I, I know chlorine gas is apparently pretty easy. Oh, like, I re- chlorine I gas. Like, that's it. It's like Not ammonia mustard. and like tinfoil or something really weird like Drano and... Yeah, that's what it was. We're talking about the remember. same thing. Yeah. Either way, I think it's a recipe for disaster. Oh, wow. That's the end of the 21st. All right. I guess after the 21st comes October 22nd because time travels in a linear fashion. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, was released on VHS and DVD today. Classic. I want to talk about Austin Powers. We're going to do that in a couple weeks. Uh, We've got a news article today. In her 102nd year, a high school diploma. 86 years after quitting school to take a job in a silent movie theater, Anna Maria Osorio became a high school graduate this month at age 102. The great great-great-grandmother said she wanted her diploma so she could work at a local preschool. Quote, they need someone to tell them stories. Nobody tells the children stories anymore, she told the San Juan Star on Monday. This was in Puerto Rico. Stories that don't go anywhere. Like the time I caught the ferry to Shelbyville. I needed a new heel for my shoe. So I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt. Which was the style at the time. Now, to take the ferry cost a nickel. And in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big yellow ones. All right, October 23rd. A coal train in Bearsfield, New South Wales, Australia, passes a red signal and collides with the rear of a second coal train on the same track in the Bearsfield Rail disaster. Also, that's why they give you those math problems. (laughs) Also on this date, court lets two gay men jointly adopt child. In a decision hailed by gay rights activists, a state court judge today allowed two gay men to jointly adopt a two-year-old boy they'd cared for as foster parents since he was three months old. The decision drew cheers from friends and relatives of the two men, John Holden and Michael Galuccio, who'd gathered at the Bergen County Courthouse to await the outcome of the closed adoption hearing. We're so grateful for what has happened today, Mr. Holden said outside the courthouse, as Mr. Galuccio stood next to him, cradling their squirmy, blonde-haired boy who can now legally be called Adam Holden Galuccio. That's a really sweet story. Yeah. Not so good. October 24th, girl 8, forced to drive car, father is arrested. This happened in Milwaukee. A man has been arrested after his eight-year-old daughter told local police that he made her drive the car while he helped 
her with ga- with the gas and brake pedals. <laughs> the car bounced off other vehicles as it sped along at 60 miles per hour, damaging seven vehicles before it came to rest, according to a criminal complaint that said the man was drunk. I- I'm pretty sure we've all like sat on our parents' lap at one time when we were little and-, and drove the car a little bit. However, I think our parents were sober and they weren't on roads where you could go 60 miles per hour or like over 100 kilometers per hour. It's like, all right, drive 20 feet on this back road where you can't possibly do anything wrong. Whenever I went out with my uncle, every now and then he would just let go of the wheel for a few seconds and then look over at me and ask if I was driving. Very concerning. October 25th, a young Connor Thompson turns nine today. That is a a good day. Happy birthday. Congratulations to him. Also on this date, Teen held in two foiled break-ins at apartments. A 15-year-old Lake Elsinore boy broke into two apartments Thursday night in Fullerton, California, but was foiled when residents of both happened to be on the phone and were able to notify police. At about 7 p.m., the youth broke into an apartment and held up three residents, police say. At that time, they were on the phone with a friend in Brea, who hung up and called police according to Fullerton police. The youth took a little cash, but he dropped a small safe and his gun when he fled the apartment as officers were surrounding the building. He then broke into another apartment in the same building, but the woman there was also on the phone with a police dispatcher who was telling her to lock the doors. The woman then persuaded the teen to leave her alone, but the youth remained inside her apartment another two hours before the SWAT officers caught him trying to escape. The moral of the story here is that everyone was on the phone all the time. Yeah, and it was wasn't always a bad thing as you'd see in TVs and movies. Get off the phone? No. Maybe stay on the phone. It could save your life. Wow. October 26th, Drive seeks to block Clinton judicial nominees. Four Republicans, U.S. Senators, former Attorney General Ed Messey, and former Appeals Court Judge Robert Bork, 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 are playing key roles in a new $1.4 million fundraising campaign in support of an arch-conservative organization seeking to block the appointment of what it calls, quote, Activist liberal judges. What else is new? Yeah, it feels familiar. All right, closing out the week, October 27th. Despite U.S. ban, Russia buys IBM computers from Atom Lab. Defying the United States, a Russian nuclear weapons laboratory secretly acquired 16 advanced IBM computers late last year using Moscow-based middlemen to evade American export rules. A federal grand jury in Washington is examining IBM's role to determine whether the company or its representatives violated laws governing the sale of computers uh, for nuclear weapons installations. American officials and executives say technicians working for IBM installed computers at the laboratory in Erzima 16, a closed city where Russia designed its hydrogen bomb. The transaction came after IBM had failed to gain federal approval for a sale of similar computers to the lab. Ooh. So they asked permission, didn't get it. And, then and now they're begging forgiveness. That's like when you try to get your sw- your shift switched at work. Don't. Yep. And then you call in sick. They know you're up to something. Yeah. Uh, also, we have a, a little used segment, as of late at least, sometime this week. So over the course of this week, the Cleveland Indians were in the World Series, which they are again now for the first time since 97. Of course, the Cleveland Indians would not go on to win the World Series as that was taken by the Back to the Future Sports Almanac predicted Florida baseball team known as the Marlins. Damn. Okay, let's dive into movies and music. All right, at the box office in the number one spot, I have not thought about this in probably a decade. I still think about it time to time, but let's tell them what it is. I know what you did last summer. That's such a classic. It really is. You gotta let that sink in for a second. At the number two spot, we get The Devil's Advocate. At three, we get Kiss the Girls. Four is, ooh, Seven Years in Tibet. And five, one that I know you're going to want to talk a little bit about, Gattaca. Gattaca. Yeah, I like Gattaca. 
We were talking about Gattaca yesterday. Yeah. I want to talk about Ethan Hawke for a second. What's he been up to? He's been doing a lot, but nothing that good. And I really want to see a good Ethan Hawke movie. Didn't he kind of disappear after like Black Hawk Down? Um, but I mean, he did uh, He did Daybreakers. He's done... I'm not going to look him up, but he is, he is still very active. Uh, he did the one Purge movie, I think. Lots of movies, nothing really great. And that disappoints me because I do like Ethan Hawke. Nothing um, really great accurately describes the rest of this list, actually. Actually. Yeah, there's there are a, a couple good ones. So we get L.A. Confidential, The Full Monty. Nice. Bean. Ooh, yeah, Bean. And then just off the numbered list, we still have hanging on. We've got Men in Black and Air Force like, One. Oh, Air Force One, great. Get off my plane. Classic Harrison Ford. I love it. That just about does it for movies. Let's see what kind of music people may or may not have been listening to this week. Thanks to the Billboard Hot 100, everyone was listening to this song this week. At number one, we have Candle in the Wind, 1997, the Elton John remake for Princess Diana. That's sad. Yep. At number two, we get You Make Me Wanna by Usher. Three is How Do I Live by Leanne Rimes. AKA How Do I Leave by Leanne Rimes because it really sounds like that. It really does. At number four, we get Four Seasons of Loneliness by Boys to Men. And five is All Cried Out by Allure featuring 112, 112? I don't know. Probably I want to say 112. I do too, that's, right? That, that sounds right. Oh, moving down the list at number seven... Quit Playing Games With My Heart by the Backstreet Boys, unfortunately on its way down. Number eight, Foolish Games slash You Were Meant For Me by Jewel. Not my favorite Jewel song. At 10, we get Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Ooh. We've talked about that. We have, but you know what's below that? that oh, we it's so haven't exciting. talked about yet? It's on its way up. Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. I get no Such a good song. It really is. It's one of those songs you can still hear to this day. I don't think it got overplayed in the 90s. It got played just enough. It's one of those songs that I won't move away from when I hear it. That's a I'll positive endorsement. I'll leave it on. Uh, 12, we get Mo Money, Mo Problems, Notorious B.I.G. Uh, 15, Sarah McLaughlin's Build a Ding a Mystery. Build a Ding. Again. That's what it sounds like. Ooh, at number 40, Socket to Me by Missy Misdemeanor Elliot featuring Da Brat. This has got to be one of her first actual hit singles, I think. Yeah, I think we call it that. All right, Missy Misdemeanor, thank you for the hits. All right, so now we're going to move on to This Week On. Every week on the show, we like to pick an episode of Seinfeld, The Simpsons, or Friends that we think really stands out because these three shows exemplify the 90s. When you think about 90s shows, chances are you watched one of these religiously. This week, we are bringing you The Simpsons, Season 9, Episode 4. It's almost Halloween, so that means Treehouse of Horrors. In the 8th annual Treehouse of Horrors episode, Homer Simpson is the last man alive when a neutron bomb destroys Springfield until a gang of mutants come after him. Homer buys a transporter, which Bart uses to switch bodies with a housefly, and Marge is accused of witchcraft in a Puritan rendition of Springfield in 1649. This is a good Treehouse of Horrors. A lot of classic ones. Fly vs. Fly, where with the matter transporter, very good. Homer dancing naked in the church after he thinks he's the last man alive. The whole reason Springfield gets blown up after Mayor Quimby's uh, racial slur against the French, which he rebuts in a very interesting way. Quote, I stand by my ethnic slur. 
Do your worst, you filthy, pretentious savages. I love how closely he sounds to JFK. Like yeah. a, a really shitty JFK. Oh yeah, that and that's that's what makes... Qu I mean, the whole Quimby family... Oh, Diamond Joe. ...is shitty Kennedys. Yep. This is, this is a really good Treehouse of Horrors. I like it. I'm about to say what I imagine is a very un unpopular opinion. I do not really like any of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Really? I'm not a fan. Wow. I've never liked them. That is, uh, that is different. Yeah. I'm a fan. I mean, they're not something I watch every time of year. If, if it, it's a very Halloween oriented thing, but when they come on, I do like the vast majority. This has, I mean, Fly vs. Fly was one of my favorites. Homer 3 is a great one where Homer goes into the 3D world just as an experiment. One thing that I think the Treehouse of Horror ones can do that other episodes of The Simpsons can't is they can experiment and they can sort of play with things in ways that regular episodes of The Simpsons can't, or at least at the time couldn't. In the 20 years since this episode has aired, <laughs> I'm sure they've done all sorts of shit. shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. And now on to our 90s news now. This is kind of a different one because I don't exactly know how it exactly it fits in, but did you know that Robin Williams was an avid cyclist? I did not know that. Me either. It just, it, it didn't seem like it, but he had a huge collection of bikes. And apparently now that he's unfortunately passed away, his family is now auctioning off his collection of road bikes for charity. I think it got some coverage on Conan and stuff. So they're being sold off through uh, the auction house Paddle 8, where starting bids range from just under 800 bucks uh, into the thousands. And there are a lot of bikes on there. It's really Really cool to you know to get a good look at so like if I were an eccentric multi-millionaire I'd probably have a massive bike collection too just for funsies I have a few road bikes because they are fun yeah if you happen to have hundreds of dollars that you'd like to put towards a good cause I imagine uh, these bikes would be a really good way to do it okay quick little thankfully not 90s for you because this this happens all the time misinterpreted texts and emails how many times have you sent someone a message that was taken the wrong way. This was not a problem in the 90s. It was a simpler time and I missed that. It was something different. I mean, most of the time, again, you were talking to people on the phone. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you were just chatting. Maybe they were saving you from, uh, from a criminal break-in, but it's a lot harder to misinterpret stuff on the phone. Text, there's no, there's no accounting for tone. There's no accounting for sarcasm unless you very explicitly state things. And even then, it, a lot of it depends on the mood or just the attitude of the person reading it. It can be taken in so many different ways. That was something we really didn't have to deal with back then, and for that, we are thankful. We sure are. All right, this week's 90s spotlight. Do you remember Magic Eye Books? I remember. Ha! So Magic Eye Books were a massive hit in the 90s. If you don't recognize the name, check out the Facebook post for a picture of one of their books. These are the weird picture books that allow viewers to see 3D images by kind of crossing their eyes when looking at 2D pictures. Magic Eye Books were originally published by a company called N.E. Thing Enterprises. Jesus. I know. <laughs> Later renamed to Magic Eye Inc. And the proper name for pictures like this is Auto Stereograms. So in 1991, creator Tom Bakai, Batchy maybe? B-A-C-C? EI, your guess Tommy is as B. good as mine. Tommy B of the 3D, repping it for you and me. So Tommy Baloney first got these pictures published in Japan uh, where they took off. So he brought them over to North America two years later in 93. His book spent a total of 73 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list and made their way into pop culture through a surprising amount of big time appearances. So the books got onto an episode of Ellen, not her current talk show, but her old sitcom, where she proclaimed, my name is Ellen, 
and I can't magic eye. In an episode of Seinfeld, Elaine's boss neglected a business merger to spend time trying to see his spaceship. That was was that that was when she was working for Mr. Pitt, right? Yeah. Uh, there was also an episode of Friends where Ross couldn't see the Statue of Liberty. Of course not. And of course, Kevin Smith's Mall Rats, where William could not see the sailboat. It's a schooner. Magic eyes were the best. We like these were all over our elementary school, but I remember, you know, seeing them in bookstores. Like they yeah, were Yeah, there was at least one somewhere like in the in a, in a library. We went to different elementary schools, but they yeah. were I think if you were in school at that time, your library or one room had one of these. I think the popularity of Magic Eye in the 90s can be equated to the popularity of adult coloring books today. Yeah, I think it's very similar. Similar shelf space, Speaking similar of which, popularity. Do you think there were ever any like audio stairs? Grand dicks? I don't know. Also, we'd like to comment here that not a single person reached out to us about cockadoodles. No one commented on it. No one said anything. That's okay, guys. You are all silently excited. <laughs> we think. Anyway, yep. magic eyes. How about those? <laughs> All right, that's that's enough of that. I think it's a good one, though. Magic All right, eye. we'd like to thank you, uh, Tom Bergeron, for inventing this <laughs> and uh, confusing the fuck out of us because I could never see them. I, I was like... I, I love them. I see every single one. I can't. I At one point, I used Photoshop to cheat it a little bit and I still couldn't really see it. It's uh, it's depressing. Like, do you actually see the picture? Like, yeah. is it... It's actually just a 3D... Yeah, it's a one 3D... Day. Yeah, but like, it's obviously you see the pattern over top of it, which is part of the allure. One day, I will see the Dan Sailboat. Every week on the podcast, we bring you a sponsor. Most of the time, they're fictitious. Sometimes, people send us a $10 bill, and we plug their stuff. Still waiting on our first Tinder profile. Please we'll do it for free. We'll do it for free. Pro Just... bono. Pro boner. This week, Stuck in the 90s is brought to you by Bill Clinton's Bridge to the 21st century. Oh, yes. This was a staple of his 1996 re-election campaign. I don't know if you remember, but it is very, it is one of my very first American political memories, hearing Clinton again and again saying he was going to build the bridge to the 21st century. And as we all know, in 1996, he beat out Republican Bob Dole and got his second term as president. And he built that bridge to the 21st century. And it's magnificent. It spans all the way from New York to LA. Yep. It's almost 2,500 miles long. It is by far the world's largest suspension bridge and it travels through I think what 8 to 12 states. This is a monument to modern architecture. It overshadowed things like the Lewinsky scandal, any of the turmoil overseas in, in Bosnia or Serbia. The bridge to the 21st century is an architectural marvel and I think it's a symbol of American ingenuity and what people are capable of. Question, is this the worst bit we've ever done? The bridge to the 21st century is within you, it's within me, and it lives inside all of the us. country. Quick side note. Yep. Uh, one, we'll, we'll finish this off saying thank you to Bill Clinton's Bridge to the 21st Century for being a model of modern transportation. It's a, it's a marvel. But quick aside, you know what really disappointed me to find out? Mm. that Hands Across America did not actually have Hands Across America. There was no continuous line of people holding hands across the country. Someone should try that again. I think if they if they arranged busing and stuff, it could be doable. And I think it would be worth... It'd probably be a huge waste of money, but I think it would be worth it just... Uh, in a time that I think the U.S. could really use something like that. You know what would be really cool? Tug of war across America. That'd be so cool. Yeah, you make a rope that goes across all of America. I mean, how, how much do you need for like a 2,500 a mile long rope? 
I got to count how much material, how much is that going to weigh? The logistics behind this are probably staggering. It sounds like an elementary school math problem. I think it sounds like a college math problem. If any of you out there are uh, like structural engineers or anything, and you would like to do a bit of math on a cross-country, let's say New York to California, tug of war, I'd love to hear those numbers. All right, tying up the episode. Uh, what do we want to do next week? We're recording at my house in oh, yeah, Hamilton, we so we don't have the wheel, but yeah. we're plucking out years anyway. Yeah, we're plucking out years. We're in the final stretch for the year, so we want to hit every year one more time from the 42nd to the 52nd episode. We could do 93. Yeah, 93 has been a while. Okay, let's do 93 next week. All right, next week we will be back with 1993. Uh, We'll find out what actual days those are in a second because we need to count with fingers and toes. But as always, you can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com, facebook.com slash stuckinthe90spodcast, Twitter, S-I-T-9-0-S, Instagram, stuckinthe90spodcast. I think you guys got the point. Shoot us an email, be a $10 sponsor, whatever get in touch we're down to chat so next week we will see you for october 28th to november 3rd 1993 halloween yeah halloween i want to try to figure out what i was that year this is going to be research i'm actually probably not going to be capable of uh figuring out i believe that when i was five i was a ninja turtle i might have been a ninja turtle too i could that might have been four though and i was leonardo or no i was i was michelangelo Anyway, we'll get back to this next week. He was a cool one. But for now, the podcast podcast is is now now over. over.